Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown. One podcast at a time. Hey everyone, Josh here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Have you been to our website, fearscapepodcast.com? There you can check out our store with all of our awesome t-shirts, check out guests that have been on the show, listen to the podcast directly on the website, even donate and help us bring you awesome content. Please consider supporting us, fearscapepodcast.com. Hello there, my name is Sam. And I'm the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we're the hosts of The Antagonists, an all-villain podcast. You can join us every other Thursday for a new episode as we discuss all of your favorite villains from books, movies, and more. Are the villains you love to hate really as wicked as they seem? Tune in and find out. You can find us on all major podcast platforms or join us over on fearscapemedia.com. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms, ghosts, cryptids, aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another cool ass episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined, as always, uh, by my frightfully delicious co-host, Mr. Josh Rutledge. How are you today? I am, I'm doing fantastic. And you know what? When you said this is a cool-ass podcast, mm-hmm. the first thing that popped in my mind was cool water. You remember, remember the, 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 cologne? The, the cologne? Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Cool water, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I think the- it's still around, but... I think, it's, I but you get it at Walmart. Yeah, now. <laughs> that's what I found out. It's like all the ones that were like super popular. Remember how expensive CK one is? Yeah, and now it's at like Target for like eight bucks for like the giant bottle. Or you can go to the gas station and put yeah. a dollar and get. It. <laughs> or to the homeless guy at the end of yeah. the street because he got it all on bulk on Wish. Um, but yeah, cool water. There's also like an old cowboy song called Cool, cool water. water. Yeah, cool water. <laughs> some old cow. My grandpa never, used to sing never it. Never heard that one. Yeah, I wasn't singing it right. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, speaking of cool, <laughs> it is October, so yeah. it's starting to get a little cool, unless you're in Arizona like me. Right. Um, well, so, I, I would imagine, though, even in Arizona, it's cooler 
It is cooler. Yeah. Uh, yes. People um, but, are walking around a park is probably. But, oh, dude, man, it hits like. 69 here and people are in parkas like yeah they're in like hats and scarves it's insane like we went uh so my wife and i went to disney world several years ago at the end of january Mm -hmm. uh thinking you know hey it's florida (laughs) right but but we got so like we packed all these shorts and everything and t-shirts and i I think i packed one pair of jeans because you never know right so you would always pack one pair of jeans so we got down there it was a three-day trip and uh, it rained the entire time and didn't get out of the 50s. Yep, it can happen. So, like, happen. we had to, like, go buy, you know, I had to go buy a, a hoodie jacket thing to wear because uh, it was so <laughs> cold. And That yeah. happened uh, to me a few weeks ago when I went and uh, visited my sister in Michigan. Um, it was, like, 96 here, you know, but I get up to Michigan, and it's, like, already cold. It was, like, 53 degrees one day. And uh, we were supposed to go to the beach. Uh, it was, was, like, supposed to get up to 72, and we went out to this beach because it was Labor Day weekend. And, uh, yeah, no, we did not get in the water. And yeah. I didn't bring a jacket or anything. So I'm just, <laughs> we're just sitting at this picnic table talking the whole time, and I'm freezing. Freezing. Wind's blowing because, on Yeah, because the wind's yeah. blowing. Yeah. And it maybe hit 65, and it had rained that morning, too, and then it sprinkled while we were It was so cold, and I didn't bring anything. But, I mean, Michigan, Michigan's pretty comparable to Kentucky around that time of year. So. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got family that live in Minnesota. Yeah. And they're, like, talking about the first snow is coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I grew up in Toledo, that's the way it was. It seemed to snow either right at Halloween or a few days after, or at least by Thanksgiving, and then it was on the ground till March for yeah. the most part. So, uh, but anyway, long yeah. ass introduction. Long <laughs> ass introduction. Uh, all of that. The the whole reason for all of that was to tell you to make sure to like and review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and review our podcast. It really helps us get uh, more exposure and get our numbers out there. So please like, review, and share this podcast wherever you listen. Uh, you you know most of the places you can uh, at least share, um, but a lot of them you can review five stars, four yeah. stars, nothing you know, lower than that. If you want, to, if you want to take it upon yourself to print out flyers and hand them out yeah, to your neighbors, you can do that. Too. You can do that too. You know, old school, roll yep. around and put in people's paper boxes, not their mailboxes. <laughs> not the mailboxes, you get in trouble yep. for that. Paper box. Paper so, box. If the mailbox is around, which anyways, yeah, like review and share and all that jazz. Um, but also, we got a really neat and in, uh, interesting episode because we're going to be talking about something that uh, this is one of those things that everybody's like, "Have you guys reported on this yet?" Um, and uh, no, we had not until now. And it is the black eyed kids or the black eyed children. Yeah, not, uh, not to be black confused, eyed black eyed peas. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Blackbeard the pirate. Right. No. Who I'm related to. This is just a creepy, weird phenomena that's really been gaining some traction. I don't know if it's due to creepy pasta or the internet or what, but I guess we'll dig into that. Um, but let's uh, let's just go ahead and get it moving because I kind of I'm ready to be done being scared by these things because okay. there's two things that scare me the most in horror movies and it's kids and old people. Yeah, uh, more than anything. Like, really? Even more than clowns. If there's a scary kid or a scary grandmother, I'm done. So if they made another Freddy movie and he was like in a wheelchair or I'm like with, a, with yeah, a walker, so keep him, keep the actor. Yeah, but like keep the actor. Like so he's old and he's yeah. like in a walker. He's like, slow down. I'm almost there. But like, whatever. One of the last. Yes, it, it's freaked me out. Like one of the last. <laughs> so there's there's two horror movies with old people that really freak me out. There's the uh, the the haunting of what is it? The taking of Deborah Logan, I think. And it's about this old woman who gets possessed by a demon, and it's freaking. Crazy.
creepy. Oh my god, it's good. Um, and then there is that one of the last M Night Shyamalan movies was called like The Visit. Yeah. Uh, it's about these two kids that go to their grandparents' house. Creepy as so, oh man, they're just scary. Yeah. So there was a it, there was a recent. I can't remember the name of the movie. You might know, but it was like a kind of like a demonic type thing. Um, I just remember the there's a scene where they're like in a diner in the middle of the desert. It, it's not the Omen because that's but and they're like all of a sudden this like grandma sitting in a booth like turns around and climbs up on the wall. I know and what climbs you're up on about. the ceiling. What and is that? Le- is it Legion? No, it's no. not Legion. No, what? Ah. But anyways, so I know what you're talking about. Though. But then, like, there's this like really weird demon thing that's got all long arms mm-hmm. and legs and stuff. But but yeah, the scene with the grandma where she's like gets up on the ceiling and then spews stuff out of yeah, her mouth. Like, man. <laughs> oh, same thing. There's a, a show on Netflix called Marianne, and it's oh, same thing. Just old people and kids freaking out, man. <laughs> oh, well, I, well, unfortunately, I don't a little bit, you know, I don't think I'm going to alleviate that tonight. <laughs> no, <tell> you. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's go ahead and move into our first topic so we can get to the creepos. Uh, so let's get into our first segment is what I meant in that topic, which is the psychic word of the week. And now, the psychic word of the week. All right, our psychic word of the week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from Dr. June G. Bletzer. Rest in peace, honey bear. Um, This dictionary has all sorts of psychic terminology, and we flipped the pages through bibliomancy, and this week I landed on the term serpent power. This is not Serpentor from G.I. Joe or Cobra. Uh, But anyways, uh, it says serpent power, esoteric. Uh, The definition says a collective word pertaining to the whole function of the kundalini. Number two, a barely visible, intelligent, gaseous fluid, which is gaseous fluids, isn't that already like a oxymoron yes, yeah <laughs> anyways gaseous fluid lying dormant at the base of the spine when mankind makes his or her first few incarnations in the earth plane it travels up the tiny hollow in the center of the spinal column as one progresses in his or her evolutionary cycle this serpent energy meets the silver cord at the top of the head after many incarnations Current science says this substance is a high-grade form of bioplasm, concentrated prana, or living electricity. Hmm. Hmm. I really did think serpent power was going to be like, you got the powers of a snake. Well, so it, it <laughs> makes me wonder, if, so, you know, they, everybody says, or people talk about that uh, we have a tail in right. the womb, right? Right. And there are some, pe- there are some, some kids people that still have, still have a little bit when they're born. And so I always wondered, you know, we're, we're supposedly in our evolutionary track uh, descendant or, or our closest relationship is, you know, with uh, with apes. Right. Well, apes don't have a tail. So <clears throat> then there's a part of me that, you know, wonders, like, what if we're descended from lizards? Well, I'm going to throw this out there because I've been listening to a bunch of true true crime stuff lately and uh there was this one they were looking for um human remains that had burnt been burned in a burn pile so they find this bone um and they were saying that it's very hard a lot of times to differentiate in it between pig and human and that is the only two animals that are similar like that apes 
none of them. Their bone structure and everything yeah. is so different from ours. But this is also why they dissect pigs because they are so similar to well, humans. Look at their skin. Yeah, well, everything. It I, makes you wonder. Well, I mean, I, I even know people who have had heart surgery and they got pig valves. Pig heart, yeah, yeah. and pig, yeah. So it's like. Has anyone ever looked at whether or not we're <laughs> descended from pigs? Like, I mean, yeah. because it, it, it see, it, the more and more I keep hearing stuff, the more and more I keep seeing that they're saying, "Oh, well, we're like pigs. We're like pigs. or maybe pigs are from us. Yeah. Maybe they are de-evolved versions of yeah. us. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so to get back to that, if it, if we are have an ancestral heritage with lizards, mm-hmm. and that energy that's primordial you know whatever that word primordial. is there you go is still remaining in us somewhere then that could be what she's talking about there that too and just talking about that that energy that goes up the hollow of your spine like she was talking about that over time eventually hits the silver yeah. cord that connects you to the you know the, the I can't ethereal remember, realm and all that I can't remember if I said it on here or if I was just saying it to you anecdotally but somebody one of the groups I was on on Facebook it said something like you're uh, your life path number in numerology is the number of times you've you've incarnated. You did say that on here a few weeks ago. Okay, so I just again though thinking about it, you know that that what that thought process though is that you know I think thirteen is the highest life number. Depends on the thought system, but yeah, yeah, but but I'm oh, just, according to the numerology, according to thing. numerology, gotcha, gotcha. and so I'm just wondering if like. You know, you peak. You know, you you can only reincarnate thirteen times, and then then what happens? So you, well, yeah. At that point, I guess you would reach nirvana and become one with the universe. Right. So, so hmm. according to my life number, I'm on six. Oh man, I don't remember. I don't remember what mine was. Maybe mine was nine or something yeah, like that. I should calculate it. Yeah, it's been just, a minute. It's yeah. been a minute. Uh, anyways, yeah, serpent energy. Um, I gathered nothing in terms of uh, serpent stuff, but is just that it the way. It, goes through your spine as serpent-like is kind of what I gathered. Snaky? Though, again, I would just just let me be Serpentor. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Is that the guy that had snake hands, too? He had to hold the big cobra head, and like from the movie, G.I. Joe the movie. But it's the, like, there was an action figure that had, like, snake heads for hands. Mm, I don't remember. That might have been He-Man. It could be. That feels more He-Man. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, yeah, anywho, let's go ahead and move on to our spooky news. All right, spooky news. What I got this week uh, comes from the PressHerald.com. This is actually um, about a month or so or two old, um, but I've been we've had such interesting stuff over the last few weeks that I've kind of put this one off. Um, but it's still a good one. And uh, like I said, so the headline reads: Horses and ponies targeted in mysterious ritual-like mutilations. Up to thirty attacks have been reported in pastures across France. Uh, Armed with knives, some knowledge of their prey, and a large dose of cruelty, attackers are going after horses and ponies in pastures across France in what may be ritual mutilations. Police are stymied by the macabre attacks that include slashing and worse. Most often, just an ear, usually the right one, has been cut off, recalling the matador's trophy in a bullring. Up to 30 attacks have been reported in France, from the mountainous Jura region in the east to the Atlantic coast. 
many this summer, the agricultural minister said on Friday. One attack was registered in February, according to the news magazine Le Point. With each attack, the mystery only seems to grow. Uh, Agricultural Minister Julian Dormandi says, We are excluding nothing. Um, Ears are cut off, eyes removed, an animal is emptied of its blood, he said, spelling out the morbid fates befalling one of France's most beloved animals. All means are in motion to end this terror, he tweeted. After the first solid sighting of an attacker... uh, in Oxor and Burgundy. Um, they released a, a composite sketch this week based on a description by a man who wrangled with two of the attackers at his animal refuge in a village in uh, Bergeon Franche Comte region. Uh, I didn't have to say region. Region. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's, uh, Nicolas de Mangon, which is his name, he runs the refuge ranch of hope. He said, I used to have confidence putting my horses out to pasture. Today I have fear in my gut. Uh, alerted by his squealing pigs, he faced down two of the attackers. He himself was injured in the arm in a struggle with one intruder wielding a pruning knife as the other slashed the sides of his two ponies. Uh, he's now recovering, but is traumatized, as is one of the ponies. The man fled in a vehicle. The following day, an attacker or attackers bled a young pony in son lecture In another case, some of the horse's organs were removed. And then a donkey was reportedly participated in the past in a Christmas market in Paris was killed in a gruesome attack in June. Theories abound as to whether these acts are a morbid rite of an unknown cult, a chilling challenge relayed by social media, or simply copycat acts. Speculation is widespread as how... Uh, as to how barbaric acts, some surgical, could be perpetrated without solid knowledge of equine anatomy or on a horse in a pasture presumably able to flee. Uh, A fearful horse in a pasture won't get caught. The horse who feels confident with people, he'll come. Find it normal that you put a harness or a rope around its neck. Uh, I'm not sure that you need a great knowledge of horses, uh, Girado said in an interview. Knowing how to approach them from the front and not the rear is important. Uh, An ear can be slashed off while the horse is standing, but the animal would need to be prostate for for grislier mutilations, she said. Uh, This was a veterinarian that stressed she didn't want to describe how to put a horse on the ground so as to not give the least sort of tools to make it easier for those out there. Um, and yeah, just just continues on to basically they're all just saying they're afraid of what's going to happen, um, you know, because they may be big animals, but really at the end of the day, they're lambs and that's how vulnerable they mm-hmm. are. So that's just, yeah, some weird stuff. And I did try to do a follow up. I haven't seen anything, so it doesn't look like they've found an answer yet. Well, <clears throat> do you remember the I think it was like maybe the second or third of the last episode of um, Skinwalker Ranch they had? Uh, Linda uh, Moulton Howell, uh, she came yeah. on when they had that, that cattle mutilation. Yeah, I already knew what you were talking about. Yep. And so, you know, she talked about in all the mutilation investigations that she had done that whatever side of the head is skyward, uh, that's the one where, like, things are taken. And so it almost, hmm. you know, I know that they have, of course, witnesses who, who attack, you know, like actual right. people. But those people could be copycats. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just mu- mu- much from, like all the things we right. always discuss. <laughs> right. And, 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 all, and, and then you know, the other side or the flip side, or if you will, is that those people um, are purposefully uh, getting caught or seen mm-hmm. as to, you know, put the uh, 
focus not on something else. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it actually could be, I'm going to go on a limb here, it could be men in black right, doing these things so that you don't think it UFO. Because right. you notice, nowhere in that story did it come up as a theory of being yeah, not related to UFO and cattle mutilations. Mm-mm. So um, because somebody was actually attacked by a person, they assume it's all other people yep. doing it. Yep. Absolutely. So, so, and it's weird, and I guess because it's horses and ponies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Very, very interesting stuff. But yeah, you know, a little more macabre than what we're used to talking about. Yeah. But um, it's been sitting in my uh, file for a while, so I wanted to uh, share that with you guys. Uh, but anyways, we're gonna move on uh, to our UFO slash UAP sighting of the week. All right, so we're going to be talking about our unidentified aerial phenomenon or UFO uh, sighting of the week, um, where we, you know, we take a look at New Fork or MUFON or the news or wherever we yep. can find something, and uh, we kind of just pull a sighting for the week. And so, what do we got this week? So this actually comes back uh, back in September. This is the comes from the September fourth uh, in York County, Virginia. I was heading back from a friend's house, coming back into York County from Newport News, and I was pulling up to the first stop intersection that has Kiln Creek on the left and Burger King on the right. This was around 3.20 a.m. The area was quiet, open, being an eight-lane road with single-story businesses and a mid-sized man-made lake that parallels the road. Suddenly. A bright flash caught my eye. I immediately looked to my left, and about 400 to 600 feet above the tree line, a big semi-cab-size, what appeared to be orange, star-colored translucent cube, with its edges glowing plasma white. The sky was extremely clear at that moment, and it just looked like it shot out of nothing slowly rotated around two times while leaving a small line white trail similar to a shooting star then proceeded to blast off about three to five miles at light speed and disappeared back into nothing I've seen several UFOs before much further up in the sky and the traditional shapes but this thing was unlike anything else its proximity shape and speed were completely foreign to me almost as if it jumped in through a portal and then immediately left after two seconds so we got portals well I mean it, somebody else has, has speculated mm-hmm. that they phase in and out of our existence that they're not actually extraterrestrials they're interdimensional beings or whatever and so they're their ships are phasing in and out. That's why they just cons- all of a sudden leave, right? Yeah, and not necessarily zip away, but they just all of a sudden disappear. Yeah, is that they they're folding space like in Dune? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or what was the other one where they like fold a piece of paper and then shoved a pen through it? What was that? Uh, I don't know. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? I do. Though. It's like some movie, or I can see it in my head, but I can't think <laughs> of what the movie was. 
<laughs> I can't think of what it is either. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I'll look it up sometime. <laughs> I want to say it was like like a Star Trek related movie or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so yeah. But again, I can see it in my head. They uh, didn't have paper in Star Trek. Well, Star Trek Four. Yeah. <laughs> The whales gave it to them. Yep. But uh, but yeah. So uh, a, a cube. I mean, I've you know, there's that uh, picture that was circulating around a few months back. I can't remember uh, who where. I think it might have come from NASA. NASA had taken like really good images of the sun, and in in like the upper quadrant uh, of the sun, you could see what looks like a cube blacked out shape oh, yeah. in front of the sun. I remember that. So everybody of course was chiming in and saying well, obviously it's just a pixel that didn't render when they created the photograph and that kind of makes a little sense from a pixelated perspective but here, here's a sighting with a cube so it kind of I don't know brings a little more credence to that idea that maybe there are cube craft so well, remember in um, in Unidentified and stuff, some of those sightings they talk about, they show those, like, squares. Those yeah. just, they look like blocks of sugar. Right. Flying around, essentially. Right. Um, Which, yeah, it, you know, it at least with uh, traditional, you know, UFO craft being, you know, disc-shaped or whatever, they, they still have some sort of aerodynamic uh, appearance. A cube is just a flying brick. I mean, it's... There's like zero aerodynamics, and you know, unless it's hollow or something. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, I did find. I'm pretty sure that uh, what we're thinking of, though, I, it, it seems to be a common trope in sci-fi films okay. and stuff. But one of the references people talk about uh, seeing it in was Event Horizon. He did it in there, yeah. where he folded a napkin, or I mean, a, like a comic book or magazine together, and did it. But what you're talking about is like. A piece of printer paper, because I'm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I again can't think of what it. Yeah, I can't either. So that's about all I. That's all I've been able to find so far was them talking about that. Um, I mean that it's referenced in some books and stuff like um, yeah. restaurant at the end of the universe and some things like that. But... I mean, I try to block out most of Event Horizon, so. Uh, yeah, uh... I know, but it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so scary, um, but yeah. Uh, so I guess yeah, that's uh, very very interesting. Now that I'm stuck on thinking about warp wormholes and and, and uh, all that stuff and other scary stuff with Event Horizon. So I guess you know we could move on to creepy catch up. But beforehand, we both talked. It's been kind yeah. of a quiet, kind of dry. Yeah. So I guess we'll just go ahead and move straight into the creepy kids to the black <laughs> to the black eyed kids. So, uh, yeah, so I apologize if you guys were looking for some good creepy ketchup. Uh, didn't happen this week. So, uh, anyways, yeah, so I guess we'll go ahead and take a quick ad break. Yep. And then we'll jump right into the Black Eyed Children. Fearscape Media Network is your new home for everything weird and enlightening. Check out podcasts and YouTube shows covering content from discussions on horror films to the paranormal to meditation. Find out more at fearscapemedia.com. Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote 
a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot and empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. All right, so we are back. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into this, talking about the Black Eyed Kids or the BEKs, uh, the Becks, so to speak, uh, talking about them. So, Josh, what do we got this week uh, going on with the Black Eyed Kids? So so let me first say that I I did quite a bit of research, and I I came across a website that referenced a lot of um, stories and they're like, you know, we, we found, you know, this, we found this story on this website, but you can't go look at it because the website doesn't exist anymore. And this is just a reminder to everybody out there doing, inter- doing internet based research. There is a Wayback Machine. Yes. Use it. Yes. If you just Google Wayback Machine, I think it's like archives.org or something like that. But every website on the internet since they got started, which is like back in the early 2000s, They've taken snapshots. And so you can go back and look at a website's history from 2001. Oh, yeah. We went back and yeah. looked at our old improv troupe website from 2000. Yeah. And an old Angel Fire I mean, website. I mean, you can, find, you can find all kinds of stuff that, that you couldn't necessarily... You know, you won't be able to find it doing a Google search. Mm-mm. But if you know that something's there, you can go and... And, and I'll tell you right now... Uh, once you start going down the way back black hole, oh, I mean, man. you'll just get lost in it. Dude, so. I've been on hamsterdance.com so many times. <laughs> My wife's like, again? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I just want to watch the hamsters dance for a while. So, yeah, so anyway, so that's all. So anybody doing internet-based research, again, just Google the Wayback Machine. I think it's like archive.org or something. You just put in a website you want to look at, and it brings up all of the uh, archive saves that it has of the site mm-hmm. when it was backed up all that kind of stuff you pick your year you pick your day in your in your month and you click on it and boom you can look at the website as it existed at that day and time yep it's fantastic man going back finding old message boards and yep. uh, things like that I mean I mean you wouldn't have any problems finding like stuff with John Teeter and all that oh stuff, yeah so. exactly I mean they, most of those sites kept all that stuff around yeah because of the history of it but still um so that's my little internet plug out there for internet researchers. So, all right. So the black ad children. Um, so this all really began with a gentleman named Brian Bethel, um, from, uh, Texas, Al, Al Abilene, Texas. Um, and, uh, just kind of to, to set the stage, some characteristics of these blackout children are usually that they're between the ages of six and 16. Um, they typically only appear at night, uh, only when, uh, adults are alone in parking lots or in their homes. (laughs) No, um, (laughs) the kids come in groups of two or more and ask for favors. Uh, the favor could be to make a phone call to get a ride home, uh, to come in and get something to eat. Or to use the bathroom. Um, the few people who have had interactions with the black-eyed kids express a feeling of unexplainable fear when the children are near. Yeah. So again, so this all this all started or or, or was brought. Uh, let's say brought to our attention. 
Well, I mean, first of all, let me tell you, black eyed anybody is creepy because this is where the whole eyeball is blacked Black, out, right? right? Just like uh, April Lee's story from weeks ago that my sister read where she had seen an old woman right. on the side of the road right. with those black eyes. Well, I thought it was they were they were like gone. They were Oh, I don't know. I think that's I, what that's what that story was. I They were like just blacked out. They were just gone. Oh, like, I don't had know. No eyeballs. I don't I read it as like black like just oh. like, but I mean, it could have been one of those where it was vague like that. I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> interpretation. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so Brian Bethel uh, brought this to our attention uh, back on January sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Wow, this has gone back that far. Yeah. I've only just learned about it within the last year. That's really interesting. Uh, so the story goes that it was around nine thirty p.m. on January sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight. And Brian had left his apartment in Abilene, Texas, uh, for the uh, Dropbox to pay his internet bill. On the way, he stopped at the Dollar Movie Theater next to his service provider's building to use the glow of the marquee lights to make out his check. So this is 1998, so he's heading to uh, AOL and Prodigy and CompuServe? (laughs) Probably. What, what What was that other one that was really big? Start with an S. No, 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 I take it back. That was a browser. It was the navigation navigator Netscape navigator? Netscape, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they did end up coming out with their own, and did then they? Net Zero, and then all okay. these other ones that tried to do. But it's all dial up. Yeah. So, but anyways, so um, he's sitting there at the glow of the marquee, making out his check. I'm curious how many people know how to make out a check anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> as he did this, there was a knock on the window, and he looked and saw two young boys. He figures they were between 10 and 14 years old. So my first my first thing is, is I'm like, I, I wonder, since it's night, it's dark enough where he's got to check the light to make out his check. So there's a part of me that, like, would my first instinct to be like, hey, little guys, what are you doing out? Well, it's so it's 9.30 p.m. in January. Oh, so it's darker it's than hell. It's dark. Yeah, so my <laughs> first inclination would be like, are you kids lost? Right. Okay. I want to see what uh, Mr. Bethel. So he describes the boys. So boy number one was slightly taller than his companion. He was wearing a pullover, a hooded shirt with a sort of gray checked pattern and jeans. He says he couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive colored and he had curly medium length brown hair. Wow. Olive color. That puts us back to yeah, men in black, black stuff. Yeah. The keel yeah. stuff. Interesting. Uh, he exuded an air of quiet confidence. Uh, boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristics seemed to be looking around nervously. Uh, he was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was a light green color. His hair was sort of pale orange. Um, they didn't appear to be related, uh, at least directly. So the first boy, though, began to tell uh, Bethel that they needed his help. They wanted to see the new Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was good. Yeah. <laughs> but forgot their money. Instead of asking for the money, the boys asked for a lift to their house to retrieve it. Wait, um, now, so now how old were these kids again? They, he, I mean, he, he estimates. Does, he estimates. Uh, between 10 and 14. All right, so cause pretty sure Mortal Kombat was rated R. Yeah, but that, I mean, it's Texas. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It was probably It was PG probably PG-13 because yeah. there wasn't any... Yeah, because you know, like, they were... Cause they there were wasn't any blood and there wasn't any, you know, 
gratuitous. Sexuality. Oh, this would have. If this was '98, this would have been the second one. Okay. So, because the first one came out in '95. God, that PlayStation's older than I. Yeah. Well, oh, because it went back to Super Nintendo. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Uh, but yeah, so 1997, and it was indeed PG-13. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, the the boy says, you know, basically he's trying to coax him and letting them give it in, and he, and he says, "Come on, Mister, <laughs> we just want to go to our house, and we're just two little boys. And come on, Mister, let us in. We can't get in your car until you do. Oh no! Just let us in, and we'll be gone before you know it. These are car vampires, is what <laughs> they are. <laughs> we'll go to our mother's house." Number one, what kid says mother? I know. Mike Pence. <laughs> when he was five. So um, Brian Bethel uh, then found himself unlocking the door without realizing and as if instructed by the child to do so. After catching his hands, he looks back at the kids with a fresh perspective. That's when he realized the kids' eyes were solid black. Oh, no. No iris, no pupil. So that means he hasn't looked at their face really yet. No. Um, now this, what I found here about this account, says that all the stories that they had seen, that once you see that their eyes are all black, that's when things get dangerous. Oh, oh so they shift. Those eyes can shift. So it's like a cat, like yeah. we were talking about once before. When a cat's eyes go black, run, get out. So the second boy continued to stand there completely silent where the first boy threatens him saying, we won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. According to Bethel, the boy was implying that they didn't need guns. Uh, He started pulling at the door and demanding to be let in. Um, With the courage he managed to find, Bethel pushed his car into reverse and sped home leaving the boys where he found them. Mm. I mean, I hope he didn't lose his internet connection because he was right. <laughs> so, um, so fast forward here to uh, November 14th, 1998. Uh, this is another update from Brian. Uh, he apparently didn't talk too much about seeing the black eyed kids after the first, uh, after his first post even though his audience was hounding him with questions. The next one to encounter the kids is his friend, John. John Northwood was one of Brian's online friends who was a pagan rights coordinator for an Oregon Oregon organization called Spirit. Brian Bethel claims that he never told his friend about his encounter. Yet this is an interaction that they, towards the end of the same year, it takes place over the chat. It starts with John asking if the chat, they really believe in ghosts, or kids with funny eyes. And then it launches into his own anecdote with a group of black-eyed kids. Now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't able to actually find John, John's story, but here is you know someone who someone could say is a copycat, right? Right. He's a friend of the original poster, but you know Brian says he never told his friend about anything that happened. So. Mm. <clears throat> All right. Here comes another one at you. So this, uh, we're going to fast forward a little bit into August 28th, 2006. Um, 
So this is a story about uh, this person lived in uh, Denver area, not Denver proper, but the suburbs. And they were at a mall one afternoon, um, mostly shopped with friends, but this time they were on their own. When they were leaving, there was the usual group of kids around, not too far from the doors. Uh, they'd go out and smoke, as I think it was allowed. It was not allowed inside. Um, generally a little watchful, as from time to time there'd be someone mugged by some kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I skirted some, what they say is WOBs, which is wearers of black. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not all men, I guess. I guess. <laughs> or, you know, uh, I guess they don't want to say goth. Here know. come the wares of black. black. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and there were a couple of kids off to the side. A bigger kid, about 12 or 13, going by general size, and a younger one. They were apart from the other groups of kids. Uh, they noticed that their body language was not quite like the other kids that mm-hmm. were hanging out. Um, they crossed the street in the parking lot area to the car park and was most of the way across the street when they looked straight at them. <clears throat> this is what it says. I am a small adult, only five foot one and about 95 pounds at most. So I was aware that I looked like someone who could be overpowered. <laughs> anyway, they looked at me and sheer dread went through me. Not like I was fearing being attacked or abducted, This was a shock of looking at evil. I picked up my pace as I headed to the row where I parked the older one called out, Miss! The tone was pleading and oddly. Though I was in quick departure mode, it made me want to slow down and look again. I can't explain it. I shook that feeling off and was now at a very fast walk and almost breaking into a run. I glanced toward the doors where the other people were. The people coming and going and the wares of black. The other kids had sort of grouped away under the overhang near the doors. They were watching and looking real uncertain. The thought occurred to me that I was not going to be on the news that night. I looked back at the kids who were following and they had really covered ground behind me. The older one was too close. The younger one right behind him. The older one said, ma'am, please. The same tone. And I looked at him again, his face, his eyes. Hmm. And as I turned my head again toward my car, it hit me. Black eyes, black pits. The fight or flight thing kicked in and I broke into a run. They were jogging behind me, calling out. I clicked the unlock on the car and jumped in. They were two cars away, coming between the cars. I looked at them as I started my car and jammed it in the reverse. I was so glad I drove. One of the supercharged Integras, because I was planning on leaving fast. As I looked at them, they looked angry. I could hear the voice. It was no longer pleading, more angry and urgent. And the eyes, both black eyes. I was honestly scared. And I keep fairly cool head in emergencies. I backed out barely looking. No people walking and I didn't care if a car was coming. 
I backed out just as they got to where the front of my car had been, and I was out of there, tires screeching. I would be too. <laughs> I turned the corner past the door as I had come out, and I noticed that most of the kids had been there were gone. Only two were right at the doors with their hands on the door handle, and the look on their faces was of shock and fear. I pride myself in being a safe driver, but I took back roads and drove like a bat out of hell. <laughs> I pulled into the garage and sat there for about five minutes before getting out of my car. I don't know how to convey the absolute sheer evil that I felt from those kids, but that's my story. Wow. <laughs> like I said, I'd be gone too. <laughs> First of all, just seeing a kid already, I'm out. Right? <laughs> well, what, I mean, I got kids. Yeah, I know. I get out. If you're not here, <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> If you go to the bathroom, and I, I don't want to see their eyes turn to black. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Well, I mean, they make they make those uh, con- contacts now that, mm-hmm. that you can get that turns your eyes different colors. Yeah. And, I, and I guess they probably had those in early 2000s, too. But Yeah, I mean, they were those heavy-duty glass ones. But, I mean, why, like would, that. why would kids get them? Well, they weren't, they weren't cheap to get back yeah. then. Now, I mean, you can get them a dime a dozen. But back then, they were heavy glass. They were hard to find. They were mostly like from special effects yeah. places and stuff like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check. And, it and you're see. gonna need one that covers the entire f- eyeball, which are very difficult. Well, and so. to put in and out. I mean, just yeah. yeah. Six year old kids doing that? No, hell no. <laughs> I mean, my kids are six year olds, and they won't even touch their eyeballs. <laughs> but you got something in it. <laughs> So these next little bit are just uh, so these are stories that people wrote mm-hmm. about their encounters, and so I'm just kind of kind of read them as a story. Okay, and so we'll just go through them. So this one's called the Midnight Caller. It almost felt like a dream. I woke up to my dog Lucy barking. She was upright on the bed where my husband and I were sleeping with our 22-month-old daughter. Staring at our door like an unknown stranger was out there rummaging around. I thought she was just freaking out over a house noise. We'd only had her for three months, and she was still a puppy. It could have been anything. Our roommate, a creak from the house settling, the awnings moving outside in the breeze. I wasn't too concerned initially. I decided the best bet would be to open the door and show her nothing was there. It sounds a bit silly, but it's what we do with our daughter when she gets scared, and I figure... It should work with a puppy. I opened the door, and she raced to the front door. She stood there, snarling at the door. It was an angry, violent growl, one I had never heard her make before. I looked groggily at her and opened the baby gate, blocking the doorway, planning to open the door and show her everything was okay. The second my hand reached for the deadbolt, Lucy went wild. She started barking and jumping toward me, and when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed her temper. She whimpered, almost like she was afraid and backing down. As her mannerism changed, so did mine. I wasn't calm anymore. My heart was racing and sinking at the same time. I had been flooded with a mixture of fear and dread. I looked through the peephole. I can't explain why I looked, but I did. Outside were two kids. One was just a smidgen shorter than me and looked didn't look much younger, 
I'm 21, and she looked to maybe be 16 or 17. She was slender and pale. Her hair was a light shade of honey blonde, and she wore it long, about mid-back, with a long, thin, blunt bangs in the front that covered most of her eyes. She wore jeans, a light wash that's popular right now, and a thin-looking, olive-covered, pullover-style hoodie. She held the hand of a small girl, who looked to be around three or four, in the same style jeans and a buttoned-down ivory cardigan. The smaller one looked at the floor shyly, but had the same shade of hair tied back in a ponytail. She held a stuffed toy under her free arm, and it was identical to one my daughter has, as was her style of dress. Had it not been for the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear, I probably would have asked these children in and given them some tea or hot chocolate to get them out of the bitter cold. Something about them seemed off. At this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or grumbled nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights. These kids had no indicators I was at the door. The older one spoke. She had a voice that was mature, confident, strong, accentless. She held her head tilted downward, and I couldn't see her eyes. She said, We have to use your phone. I stood frozen in fear. How did she know I was there? She raised her head to face me directly, and that was when I saw her eyes. There was a reason I couldn't see them through the bangs before. They were black, or midnight blue, or a dark, dark purple. They were otherworldly. She said, Our mother is worried. As someone who has always been interested in creepy stories, I knew that she was the second she looked at me through the door. I've never been one to believe in these things. As a staunch atheist and skeptic, when it comes to the paranormal, I had written off many of a ghost story from friends and family members eager to tell their tale. I didn't believe it. Still. I couldn't rationalize my way out of this. I was standing with nothing but a thin wooden door between me and a black-eyed kid. There was no questioning what was right in front of me. I did not answer her. Slowly and silently, I backed away from the door. Lucy still cowering at my ankles. She kept talking. Just let us in to use your phone. I took another step back. And with that step, the tone changed. At first, she seemed polite. When I took the second step back, she became commanding, almost hostile. We're not going to hurt you. If she wanted to do that, we would have broken in. I'll guess again. May we come in your house and use your phone? Lucy snarled at the door, and I inched backward. Though something inside me seemed to slowly pulling me back toward the door. It wasn't a physical pulling as much as a subconscious need to go back and let them in. I got to my room, covered up my, the window, locked the door, and sat there in the dim light of the nightlight. I heard her call me back to the door once more, and then quiet. I didn't go back to sleep that night, and I haven't slept right since. I know from reading about the BEKs can't just come in without permission. I know they haven't hurt anyone, but I still feel 
fear I'll be the exception. When I told my husband, he said it was just a dream. He keeps telling me to forget it. But this lingering feeling of sadness, this dread when the house is silent at night, this fear of a knock at the door, this tells me otherwise. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So I know that was a long story, but man. Man, yeah. And I've got, I mean, we won't be able to get to all of them tonight, but I mean, I've got 25 pages of stories like that. So there are a lot of black-eyed kid sightings out there. Um, and, you know, so, so some, of the, some of the theories that people have um, are, of course, extraterrestrial is one of them. Vampire, because they have to be invited in, that whole thing around vampire. I don't, is, that, is that in lore or is that created in the movies? Lore. Is some it? of it's lore. I mean, all... I mean, all the even most of the stuff from the movies is comes from some sort of lore. Okay, so I just remember uh, my wife watched a lot of that show on HBO, True Blood. Yes, uh, True Blood. <laughs> and I just remember every time you know, uh, Sookie Stackhouse would get mad, she would banish Bill from her. And like he would have to, like he would just zoom fly out of the house. So yeah. Anyways, um, so I've got another one here that. Uh, is a little bit of a short one. So this is a bus encounter. I was riding the bus back home after work. It was about 1 a.m. I'm a security guard and often work odd hours. So I'm sitting there and this guy gets on, sits across from me. He was wearing a suit, had a briefcase, regular looking guy in his 20s. What struck me about him at first was that he was chewing a cigar, not smoking it can't smoke on the bus, so I was just looking at him while he stared out the window and chewed his cigar. And all of a sudden, he turned and looked at me. His eyes were pitch black, just as I've seen. My heart started beating like a mad MFR. I'm not going to say it. <clears throat> and I felt my blood pressure rising. I was starting to panic, and I had no idea why. I was just Pant shittingly terrified. Pants. I have to remember that. Pant shittingly terrified. Uh, then he grinned at me, and his teeth were all covered in tobacco bits and brown juice. The cigar clamped between them. I almost screamed, but instead, I had the presence of mind to just get up and take the seat right behind the driver. I calmed down after a bit, but I kept an eye on the guy. He ended up chatting with some girl that got on, and they were still talking when I got off. I later convinced myself he was just trolling me, having fun with a pair of contacts. Now I wonder. <laughs> so here's some uh, ten facts about uh, black-eyed kids. I thought this was uh, really interesting, so I pulled it in here. Uh, number one, black-eyed kids will look like normal human children between the ages of 6 and 16, but with pale skin and completely black eyes. Uh, people who have been in close proximity to black-eyed kids report a feeling of unease that washed over them. While nothing about the children's appearance, aside from the eyes, uh, genuinely frightened the people, they still reported feeling ranging from anxiety to terror at their presence. Well, what's interesting is, too, is, is most of the stories that we've talked about, there always seems to be one kid that's kind of shy and, like, yeah. chillaxed, you know. Well, I think, so, so here's the thing, and I've, 
thought about this. What if the second kid is not really a, there for anything other than you wouldn't necessarily converse with one child. But you might two. But you might two. Right. And so the second child, or if they're even children, but the second, we'll say, entity is there just to give them a more... Uh, like a, a false sense of security. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I guess so. Yeah, because in all the stories that I found and read, um, never does the smaller of the two say anything. Interesting, yeah. Gosh, that's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So some people have also reported seeing black-eyed kids that have talons for feet. Oh, no! Or other demonic attributes. Um, But most sightings are seemingly normal children. Uh, black-eyed kids are also commonly described as wearing dated clothing or dressing in a manner that is not typical or a normal child their age. Uh, black-eyed children always ask for something. It is always something that involves being in closed quarters with you. They will ask for riding your vehicle or to enter your home to use the phone. There are no reported stories of what happens when you let a black-eyed kid into your vehicle or home. All stories come from people whose eerie feelings made them flee from the children. Well, it's like, it, it makes you wonder, because a lot of old, like, lore behind, like, trickster spirits and yeah. stuff, that they'll pretend to be kids and stuff, pulling pranks and stuff like that. It almost makes you wonder if these are modern-day versions of that. Yeah, or um, the other thing is, is <clears throat> could it be like a... And I'm going to go out on a really long limb here. <clears throat> they're... they're uh, Recon for an abduction. Okay, yeah. So it's like, hey, we're going to send you out, go to these houses. You know, we want to maybe look at these houses to, to abduct somebody or whatever. Go check it out. Makes you wonder, like, to take a look at small towns to see if kids showed up at playgrounds and stuff that no one ever saw before. Yeah. You know, uh, and then, like, to look then to see if there were sightings or abductions or things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> when I, so, I mean, I wonder how many... How many abduction cases start with black-eyed kids and the abductees just don't remember? Yeah, they just don't remember or they didn't really, you know, pay attention to it. Yeah, Yeah. It's just Uh, like uh, Bethel himself. Like, he, it took him a while before he really even looked at the face of the kid. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Because most people, especially Americans, they don't look you in the eye, man. Like, (laughs) it's so bad. Well, actually, uh, I look everybody in the eye and I... Sometimes I, I get in trouble. Like, someone will say, why are you staring at me in the eyes? I'm like, because that's what you're supposed to do. Really? So. Yeah, it drives me nuts as an actor when uh, other actors don't look you in the eye. I have a friend, not going to name his name, but uh, always used to get leads in school and stuff, would always look right over your shoulder because he had issues with, like, looking in your eye. And it drove me nuts, man. Not, like, I always struggle with which eye to look at. Well, that's different. That's <laughs> that's when they got a crazy eye. But <laughs> but no, I mean this guy just like he, it was only on stage when you'd be hanging out together or yeah. whatever. He'd look at you like it's nobody's business. But but on stage, I, it almost makes me wonder if it was kind of up. Was he like trying to remember his lines? <laughs> or maybe he thought he would laugh. Maybe maybe. I mean, my face is comical. Yeah, it is. Was that the Loveland Frog? No, that was my serpent uh, oh, energy. Serpent energy. <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. Where was that? Uh, there's no... The earliest sighting of the Black Eyed Kids was journalist Brian Bethel in 19, 
they have the date here, 1996, which is 98. Yeah. Uh, the story has been added to the internet creepypasta lore, uh, but to this day, Bethel insists the incident was real and happened the way he reported it. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, I said that from the very get-go, is that I wondered, you know, how much today is just yeah. creepypasta. So. Um, in 2014, a British paper reported that sightings of black-eyed kids around the world were rising. Interesting. From the dead. Um, theories about the black-eyed kids, like I said, are vampires, aliens, or demonic origin. Mm. <clears throat> you know, it's something we should, I don't know, I don't, it kind of skirts... On, as a topic on our show, it kind of skirts uh, religion a little bit, but I'd like to talk about demons sometime because mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily believe in demons. Well, I mean, I believe in negative. real demonic lore spans much more than just Christianity and right. Judaism. So, you know, but yeah, be, I would, I'd love to talk about that. That's right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> so, Catholic. <laughs> so I'll do a topic on that. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so just a couple more stories for you here. Um, on March uh, 17, 2008, uh, it says, I had my one and only encounter with the black-eyed kid. Before my experience, I had never heard of anything having to do with the black-eyed kids. I was 12. I was sitting outside of a hairdresser's in an old Chevy pickup waiting for my mom to get her hair cut. About 15 minutes had passed, and I saw some kid walking back and forth along the sidewalk in front of the, my parked car. At first, I thought I recognized him as one of my friends from school, so I banged on the front of the windshield until he looked my way. It was not anyone I knew. At this point, I was not scared at all. Not yet. The boy walked over to the side of my car and just stares. I think to let me get a good look at his eyes. To freak me out. Let me tell you, if you have never seen a black-eyed kid, You have no idea what to imagine. Pupils black as the night sky. The boy whispers, You must let me in. And then I locked the car doors and ducked down into the space below the seats. Five minutes later, he was gone. When my mother got into the car, she told me a boy with black eyes had come into the hairdressers, had insisted for my mother to give him the keys to the car, she refused. Thank God she did. Mm. <laughs> Again. No. But I, I like how this one is implied that he let me see his eyes yeah. on purpose. On purpose. Yeah. Well, and it's daylight, too, because yeah. she's at the hairdresser. I mean, it's probably not, you know, nighttime. All right. So we've got one more for you here. And then we'll uh, get out of we'll here. Get out of here. All right. Like, so. Give me one more to take with me to my All nightmares right. tonight. This one time, early 2010, I was walking home from work and found myself escorting a young lady to her car. She asked me to escort her and hoping I'd talk to her and to a drink or two. I'd already had a few myself. I'd get a number or possibly something else. But I'm not going to lie, she was kind of hot. No shit though, she looked scared. I kept walking with her and was trying to at least coax her what was she worried about. She would only comment about some really creepy-looking kids who were following her. Being where we were in downtown Seattle, this could amount to anything. So we kept walking and talking. I kept looking behind us to see if the little guys were in tow. Nothing popped up out of the ordinary. 
Then she grabs my arm really hard and whispered, That's them. They were about half a block in front of us, just standing there and looking at her. So I do the prudent thing to do, which was cross the street. I make sure I lock eyes with the big one, and I keep in mind, once I get the lady her car, that I'd give her give them an earful about being a couple of little shits and scaring a lone woman in the metropolitan area. I didn't get scared or anything, but did notice something strange. They didn't break eye contact with me. Mind you, I don't look like the kind of guy you want to mess with. Honestly, it's an unconscious front since I'm a bit shy. My look reminds people of either a skinhead or a club bouncer. The black tanker boots and Van Dyke mixed with the above don't make me look like people person either. People break eye contact with me constantly. These two kids didn't. That was a red flag for me. I finally got this woman to her car. She said thanks, and I made sure to tell her where the local police station is at. About five blocks from where we were. Let me just tell you. I question every single time in my life now I've seen a kid or kids that I didn't know. I officially am looking back, and they <laughs> all have black eyes now. <laughs> yeah. Not the kind from mommy and daddy. Yeah. You're going to have a, a night hag tonight, and instead of it being your typical night hag, it's going to be just a kid staying in there with black eyes. It's just going to be it's, it's going to be the <laughs> theologian's youngest kid <laughs> with black eyes. With black eyes. <laughs> so yeah. Um, it's, it's so 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 getting back to pulling all this information together <clears throat> it's interesting two things that one like like we've pointed out it seems like the second kid doesn't really is not doesn't engaging. say a whole lot yeah yeah they don't really make a lot of eye contact they don't talk they don't motion or or whatever um i mean i feel like like the the story that i read about the woman with her puppy if the younger kid staying in there would have been like, I really have to go to the bathroom. I feel mm-hmm. like she would have let her in. Yeah. I think you know so what I'm too. saying. Yeah. So, so they're not using the little kid. Right. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then, and then too, that the idea that maybe they can change their eyes to be all black versus not all black. Right. Yeah. Makes you wonder if, if all the, all the stories of the men in black wearing sunglasses were because they had, they were black eyed. Well, and there's old lore too, um, well, and still exists today, where they say that some, whether shamans or when they're possessed or there are uh, gods or goddesses or whatever, that um, their eyes are black. But really, when you take a look, there's stars in there as well. And like that they're these star filled obsidian eyes. Yeah. Like, makes you wonder if they're a part of that lore as well. Well, and I mean, I don't think anybody got really close enough to make out if there were stars. Right. The, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it very well could be. Uh, but yeah, it's all it's all very interesting. I uh, thank God I could probably live my entire life without meeting a black eyed kid. I'd be well, here, here's it. another thing I'm going to throw this my own. This is the Stefan Gearhart theory of the show um, that they're grays wearing a freaking mask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they have black eyes. You yep. know what if that is that's they cover it up. That's why they're black. Right. <laughs> well, and that, you know, and it gets back to the whole olive tone skin, which right. is what's some, something described mm-hmm. as the men in black. And what if the men in black are grays? Right. 
Which is why they need their water pills. That's right. They're gray and black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Very, very interesting. Um, I am curious out there if anyone uh, out there in uh, Fearscape listener land, any of our blanket huggers out there, has had any experiences themselves. Because yeah. we have not received a story about anyone with black-eyed kids. But no. You never but, know. But maybe somebody didn't know that it was a worldwide phenomenon. I know. I'm, I'm very much waiting for a movie to come out now. There um, has been a movie. Oh, there has been? Yeah. It wasn't first run, though, was it? Couldn't have been, because I would have seen it. Um, so it had to be some B movie. But, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. It's like a, a first run movie <clears throat> out there. So what do we got? Black Eyed Black Eyed Peas movie. <laughs> yeah, it got one and a half stars. Yeah, it looks like 2015. Yep, on IMDb. Black Eyed Children, Let Me In. Uh, looks like it might be on Amazon Prime. I'll check it out. But, yeah, not a first run movie yet. Um, but yeah, or having it show up in another series like The Conjuring or something like that. So I don't know. Uh, very, very interesting. Again, like I said, uh, if you have any stories, please let us know. Uh, and that pushes me to the end of our show where I want to uh, bring up our listener story for the week before we f- truly fully get out of here. Uh, but thank you, Josh, for putting all that together. Yep. Uh, it's very, very creepy stuff (laughs) so uh anyways so i want to get into the listener story for the week this comes from a guy named chris he's from california um and this will actually be read by me um uh this is performed by me but uh anyways like this is a fun story it's not very long but it's it's one that just gets you because we've all kind of had this happen before uh and stuff like that remember you guys can send your listener stories to us at fearscape podcast at gmail.com or on to fearscape podcast.com to submit a sighting or just you know pm us or anything yep. wherever you can find all us the social media stuff yeah yep. but here is chris from california My name is Chris, and I'm from the desert regions of California, and this is my experience with the unexplained. Uh, I was riding a four-wheeler with my dad in the desert about 12 years ago near Joshua Tree. Uh, This was one night, and as we were headed back, I looked over to the right as the moon was shining high, and I saw a dark figure about 20 feet away from me that damn near made me fly off of my four-wheeler, but I wasn't sure what I saw, so I I, I turned my head to the left as I saw my dad, and I was going to tell him something to him to see, you know, maybe if he saw it too or make some sort of reference to it, so I quickly looked back to just double-check to see where it was, uh, and there I saw it and watched it disappear in front of me. At that point, I pushed that four-wheeler to the limit and booked it to where we were staying, beating my dad back. For some reason, to this day, I still don't know why, but I decided not to say anything to my dad. But I've always wondered if he saw something, too. Wow. Um, You know, it gets back to, I bet you his dad did see something. I know. I wonder. And what I wonder is, is if they got back to that spot and it was just quiet. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean... I think for for a lot of look, we've talked about it before, but for a lot of parents, they don't want to scare their kids, right? Like I feel like if if he would have asked his dad, "Hey, did you see that too?" His dad probably would have said yes, but his dad's not going to voluntarily say, "Hey, did you see that weird?" Oh thing back yeah, you know what I'm saying so. Oh, yeah, so because he don't want to he don't want to scare his kids. Plus, for some people, some people who just cannot accept that there are other things that go bump in the night. Um, it's a big stretch to admit you saw something, mm-hmm. um, because you you're worried you're going to be labeled 
some way, shape, or form as being a crazy person or whatever the case may be. But you know, as we've talked about before, and we you know we talked about it a few weeks back with uh, with Ken uh, uh, Gearhart, uh, it's. Uh, there's too many things that we find new every year. Uh, too many things that we don't know yeah. to just assume that if you saw something that's quote unquote weird, that you're going to be labeled as a crazy person. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. Anyways, um, unless yeah, you're a flat and, earther. And in fact, at this point it's less crazy and more, Oh, you made that up. Yeah. Like yeah. The, it's more, it's more, you're more looked at as creating a hoax or yeah. um, writing a fiction narrative. Um, and, and, you know, I was speaking to um, one of our, our blanket huggers out there. Um, one of our biggest fans, Doug <clears throat> the other night. And uh, we, he, you know, he sent me a video and we were looking at the video and, uh, you know, I was, pretty early on was pretty able to figure out that it was a hoax and things like that and i said it's a shame i said because it's these videos that make it so difficult yeah. for people to have real evidence out there yeah you know so it sucks so you know it, those people aren't coming from our community you know yeah it, it's like anything else you know there's always like the the true people and then the people trying to create dissent or right or hoaxes or uh, unless you're gray barker then you're doing both yeah. <laughs> which just totally just you know, discredits you all together. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to get out of here. But again, make sure to check out all of our stuff, fearscapepodcast.com, as well as the rest of the Fearscape Media Network at fearscapemedia.com. You know, there you can check out our, our um, PayPal, you know, help us, uh, you know, roll some money this way to help yep. us, you know, do some bigger and better things, uh, not just for us, but for the whole network. Right. Um, and check out the other shows that are on the network and, and all that stuff. And remember, it's October, so the veil is thinner. That's so right. Pay attention. This, right? You know, keep pay attention that right now. You know, you have something happen. You write it down and you send it to us. Keep your eyes peeled. Yes. <laughs> so that that always just grossed me. Out. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, but yeah, keep your eyes to the skies and uh, you know, pay attention wherever you're at and see if see if something whispers yeah. to you, touches you, or you know, you feel something or you see something. And, and remember, the evidence is not for us. The evidence is for yourself. Yep. To, to, to help you know that you know something's going on. Yep. And if you feel like you want to share that with us, share it with us. Yep. So anyways, yeah, happy spooky season as usual. And uh, we're going to get out of here. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. This has been Stefan, and I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight, especially when there's two little kids with blacked eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. (laughs) Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. <laughs>
Join Stefan and Lance, the Misters of the Dark, as they review all things horror with their latest victim. <laughs> I mean guest. <laughs> New episodes of Misters of the Dark drop Mondays on the Fearscape Media Network. Hey everyone, Josh here. Do you feel like mainstream options for things such as yoga, meditation, or documentaries and films meant to expand your mind are lacking? Have you heard of Gaia? Gaia is the largest resource of consciousness expanding videos. Both Stefan and I have watched several of the series, documentaries, and films available on topics such as the secret space program, channeling interdimensional beings, and alien encounters. We're just now exploring the over 8,000 films, shows, and classes available to stream on your favorite devices. To get your 10-day free trial of Gaia, go to fearscapepodcast.com slash Gaia offer. Again, that's fearscapepodcast.com slash G-A-I-A offer. <laughs> 